Hello, everybody, and on this episode of the Homes Real Estate Podcast, we are jumping right into 2019. Stay tuned, everybody. All right, hello, everybody. Happy New Year. This is Peter Toring, along with... Chris Van Bell. And as you know, we're realtors with Cobalt Banker here in Macomb County, Michigan. Uh, if you have followed us on Facebook for any length of time, you know that normally we put out videos that have been... Uh, conspicuously absent for the last couple of months here. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you and I have both been a, a little bit busy this year, of course, with business, but uh, I think we had a couple other things pop up this year, huh? Yeah, so Chris and I both got married. Not to each other. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's cool, but... Yeah, we want to clarify for the record. We I bought a house and remodeled it. We were both had, thankfully, very successful years here. Cobalt Bankers, very... Uh, thankful for all of our, our clients, all of our strategic partners, everybody that comes on board and helps us run our business the way that it needs to be run. We had a great year. We are looking forward to jumping right into 2019 here. So we are, uh, if you follow us on Facebook again, you saw a short video on kind of how to prepare for uh, 2019 if you are looking to buy a home. We wanted to dive into that a little bit deeper uh, and look at some of the scenarios in which maybe buying home is or isn't for you this year. Absolutely. And and one of the big things that came to mind is we started talking about um, renters. And we both know that rent prices are, are pretty darn high right now. Um, they're actually higher than most house payments. Yeah, by a significant amount. Too. Yeah. So we really wanted to get into what we can do to help some renters become uh, first-time home buyers. Sometimes, you know, there's second-time home buyers. Still people recovering from the crash a little, little bit ago that... Never really got into a house yet. May have had one, had to sell it short or give it back to the bank, but now might be a good time for them to uh, get into the market and take a look at some homes. Yeah, and it's the, uh, I'm actually going through here and looking, uh, we have, we've gone and we've done, if you're looking uh, at some of the older podcasts, we've actually run numbers on, on you know, the what the actual statistics are as far as the, all the numbers versus buying versus renting. So if you are, are wondering about that specifically, go back and kind of take a look uh, to see what might work for you. And I was actually just looking at Rent-A-Meter here, which does kind of the average rents. Uh, and the, the, the crazy thing is we're looking, and, and even in Warren where, you know, you're, you can buy a house for 130000 140000 yeah. These are renting for $12,000. Yeah, the average here is twelve eighty three. That's uh, significantly more than you're going to be paying. Uh, also, in Shelby Township, you're paying on a three bedroom, an average of seventeen fifty. I mean, that's that's a heck of a house payment. That's that, a two hundred thousand dollar house right now. Easy all day. So. Um, it, it, it's kind of interesting. Even when we're looking in the shores, um, and of course, I pay attention to the Chesterfield and New Baltimore areas. Um, we're seeing eleven hundred, twelve hundred all day long. And for thousand square feet, so you're seeing over a dollar a foot. Uh, I mean, that is, that's, that's pretty solid. So now is a great time to look. Interest rates are still low. And with kind of this market slowdown that we've seen, you know, we don't have still a ton of inventory. We really can't enforce that enough. Okay, interest rates aren't 2.8% anymore, but they are still low. Yeah, and I saw a, it was actually, I think, a poster or something, an old uh, advertisement for low interest rates of 8 and 9%. So, guys, this is still, it's not free money, but it, it is still a pretty low interest rate. Uh, and like we said, with the still low inventory, there is still some, you know, demand. And you're not, like Chris was saying, you, you're going to buy a little bit less of a house than you would have two years ago at 2.8%. But also, you're not having the 
20 offers that you would have had that and, as well. With, with that, I'm starting to see a little more wiggle room, too. Mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to see being able to offer under the asking price a little bit, even though most of the homes are, are selling almost at 99% of the list price. Um, we're well, seeing it a little bit more. That's an interesting stat. So the, the home selling at 99% of the list price is in conjunction with a, a drastic increase in days on market. So what that's meaning is, and the other thing, too, is I saw another, and I don't have this data on hand, is there is more of a difference, a differentiation in original list price to sold list price. So yes, buyers are still offering 98% of asking price, but those offers are not going in until those prices are the exact right price. So I think this brings up a good opportunity as a buyer. House is on the market 40 days. Sellers are wondering, hey, why am I not getting any offers, even if it's a low offer? That could be a great time to come in, maybe a little bit of a lower offer. And uh, get that seller to agree. Absolutely. And it's kind of nice that we have a little bit of the wiggle room, some negotiating room right now. Uh, it's great for our buyers. Um, they've been shy for a little while because it's you have to come in. You have to go on full price. You may have to go over full price. Um, you're going to give free occupancy, all that stuff. And we're lightening up a little bit. And there's still a lot of agents that only think that this is just a little bit of a seasonal slowdown, which I don't believe. I've seen everything from, I mean, this is what we do for a living, so we spend a lot of time reading the expert reports and everything like that. I've seen everything from we're going into another, Peter Schiff thinks that we're going into a worse than a 2008 you know, recession. I've also seen the vast majority of expert Forbes, almost everybody at Forbes thinks it's just a, uh, growth slowdown. So we haven't seen the ma- the massive jump in inventory uh, that would that would kind of uh, come before a, a, a you know big market crash that we saw in two thousand. Oh, so absolutely massive, not. Massive amount of inventory. So uh, I wouldn't worry too much there. Also, to those of you that might be worried about, hey, uh, you know, should I wait to buy a house? Is the market going to turn down? Uh, you know, is there a benefit in waiting? I think the answer is no. And for this reason, if you look at the way that your interest rate affects your, because we're expecting another interest rate hike as well. If you look at the way your interest rate affects your payment, and you look at maybe it comes down, let's say even at an average sale price of $186,000, it came down 2%, that's 17,000 bucks. That's gonna change your payment by what, 100, 100 bucks? At least. Something in there. Yeah. Whereas if a your interest rate goes up one point, that's going to change you 100, 150 bucks. Yep. So, yeah, if, and, and not to mention, too, I don't see the, because we're still growing even month over month, even still now. So I don't necessarily see that we're going to be dropping prices anytime. No, soon. prices are still uh, climbing, like you were saying, a little bit. Um, but with that not being as fast... Um, Maybe people are going to start realizing it's leveling out a touch mm-hmm. and get their houses on the market. That way we can see a little bit more inventory, but not like you were saying, crash-style inventory where everybody's just trying to liquidate their homes. So just to kind of compare this, if you look at the inventory that we had in the, this is the peak, in February of 06, we were at eight, 8.3 months of inventory. So that was a balanced towards the sellers. I'm sorry, balanced towards the buyer. Towards the buyer. Between four to six months is a true balance. We're at 2.3 right now, which is still a heavy buyer's market. I'm sorry, heavy seller's market. At the at the height of the crash, we had 17 months of inventory. So, and you saw a steady increase in inventory before that crash, which we haven't seen. This is we've stayed really stable, and actually we've been in this market with less than four months of inventory since February of 2013. Yeah, I think we've been pretty much at 2.3 since June. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a long time to be at that that 
particular marker, but I mean as we've been under two, under three months since December of seven of uh, sixteen. Sorry. As some of the aging properties on the market are starting to come to a good price point and selling, and then whatever's coming on the market, and if it's good, it's selling right away. I mean, we have really really savvy buyers now. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got the internet. Everybody's looking on every website they can find. So uh, people know. I think a key here too is. I don't know, and, and maybe we're gonna we can argue the stock markets and stuff too. Maybe we're we're heading for slowed economic growth. We would be in one of the longest bull market, the, one of the longest increasing stock markets here that we've had. We were on basically a ten year run, uh, so you can certainly make that argument that maybe we're headed economically for some slower growth. That doesn't necessarily always mean that we're headed for a decline in housing. So our our uh, unemployment rate is still extremely low and. You saw this too in in two thousand eight. It was a perfect storm of, you had bad loans. I don't. We're not seeing a lot of bad loans given out. No, but the it's funny you, you say that some of the lenders are getting more towards um, what we saw called the subprime stuff. There are more products out day after day, so watch out for them. <clears throat> we certainly. Uh, the good thing though is now with some of the guidelines that we have, with everyone understands the rate. Nobody's being you know showing their AM schedule for the first time at closing. I think there's a lot of precautions in place that are, are stopping a, you know, a, a massive crash. So, and also, I think, too, we've seen a culture shift in buyers. The buyers, the vast majority of the times, they don't want to max out their pre-approvals. You know, they're no. not buyers that are going for these you know, extravagant homes that, that they know they can't afford. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of, and we, the big thing that worries me is student loans. Mm -hmm. But we are seeing a lot of people buying more modest homes uh, and, and wanting to not be house poor. Yeah, he just got out of a meeting with a client today, and his actual limit is well over what he wants to spend. Yeah. He knows where he's comfortable. He knows what lifestyle he wants to live. So he knows what price range he wants to look in, whether he can afford a whole lot more or not. And it's becoming that way that we're actually asking, like when I sit down on a buyer consultation, I'm asking, what do you feel comfortable with on a monthly payment? And the vast majority of times we sit down and we go through a little bit of income, like we've talked about before, before you get pre-approved, your approval is going to be only good for 90 days. So we sit down and kind of look at what do we think you might be able to be approved for. The vast majority of times I end up asking, what are you comfortable with? Because I know the pre-approval is not going to be a problem. Absolutely. You know? <clears throat> and it's and that's a change from, I was not in the business in 08, um, but I know it's a change from just from looking at the numbers of and the types of houses that people were buying. Well, you know, for me, that's one of the things that got me into the business in the early 2000s. When I handed my pre-approval over, it's how much can we spend? How much more can we spend? Can we get you a little more? What we can can we do to get a little more? Because it was all about the realtor's commission and not me finding a home that I'm going to know, like, and love and want to be in. And I think with education, number one, I cannot remember. I think this year I've asked a lender one time, do we think we can get them a little bit more pre-approval? But usually wants. that's only at your client's <clears throat> request because they yeah. find the house that they absolutely want to be in. And I think, too, was uh, husband was freeing up he didn't want to put his name on it or something you know he wanted to free it up for some other investment so it wasn't even you know it wasn't actually even a question of money it was just affording it on the wife's income <clears throat> but i think this is a shift with informed buyers number one buyers understand how agents get paid at least most of the time mm -hmm. uh, buyers understand that if an agent is pushing them to bump up in price point there's probably a reason for it uh and and they're also understanding the agents are starting to understand that this is a it is more of a consulting role. The agents that are true salesmen 
uh, I don't think are, are very long for this game. And I think that you've seen a lot no, of them already. You can't be gone. a salesman anymore. We're not selling anything. We don't have a product we're offering. On the buy side, we're talking about. On the on the sell side, we have a completely different hat. We are marketers. We're salesmen. Um, but on that buy side, it's, it's a, a Absolutely. Role. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not trying to, quote unquote, sell you a house. Yes. Well, we want to match you up with the perfect house for you and then mitigate the purchase process to right. make sure that all the right things happen so you ultimately achieve your goal. And the funny thing is, too, we, you know, we kept hearing that, well, with the you know, advent of, of online house searching, that, that the realtors were going to go the way of the dinosaur here, and it's become almost more important. Things have become so complex, the, uh, you know, the, especially, too, that you're only going to do this on average three times in your life, and it's the biggest purchase you're making. I think that more buyers are realizing having buyer's representation is extremely important. And I don't think there's an expert out there, especially look at a financial expert, I don't think there's any of them who would tell you not to use a buyer's agent. Oh, absolutely. It's a massive mistake. Uh, and, and the other thing, the other misconception we see there, this is a little bit off topic, is that, well, if you don't use a buyer's agent, then you're going to get 3% off on the, house, the price of the house. Wrong. Sure listing agent is going to take all 6%. Yeah. So. Don't, don't go thinking you'll save some money by not being represented. Um, if anything, it'll cost you down the road. And not to mention, too, for the sake of a couple thousand bucks, uh, I on a house price over 30 years, I want to make sure that I am taken care of. There are a lot of things. We have seen them. Uh, we could tell you all sorts of stories about things have gone wrong. That <laughs> Maybe that's a new podcast. Of thousands of dollars. Uh, and thankfully, you know, we don't see it very often in our clients uh, because of that. So, well, we try to get a lot of stuff knocked out up front Yeah, and try we, to stop these problems from happening. Absolutely. And, and, and they do happen and. Every uh, real estate transaction can be a roller coaster ride. We do try and mitigate that as much as we can. So the back to kind of the point of this <clears throat> podcast, and we've talked a lot about the market, and, and one of the reasons we've done that is to look at there's a, a big difference in how hot the, the slowdown in the buying market and the slowdown in the rental market. I have not seen a slowdown in the rental market. Not haven't at all. I haven't seen an increase in rental inventory. haven't seen an increase in rental days on market. Uh, I have not seen... I was actually, before I got married, we were considering renting for a year. We weren't sure where we were going to be, uh, which brings up a good point. Not Buying is not for everyone this year. That's true. And we're here to help you out with uh, leases should you choose to go that route. Yeah, but the, the, the interesting thing about this is, so Chris, what, do you, what would you say if you're, what are the best situations where, where buying is not for you? Uh, maybe you have uh, still a little bit of leftover credit trouble. That's one of the big, big things that you have to have some credit and then you have to, you have, to have some money saved up. Um, that's two of the big things the lenders are going to look at right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And let's say this too, because I think it's an interesting point about uh, the credit. Don't let credit, credit can easily turn into a cycle. You're renting. You have bad credit, you're renting because you have bad credit, and then you can't get better credit because you're still renting. Um, <clears throat> talk to somebody and have it professionally looked at and see if you can improve your credit. You don't want to get stuck in the cycle. You don't want to be stuck renting if you don't want to be renting. Um, another situation I think renting is good is I think if you just move to the area and you don't necessarily know, we can help you in some regards, but if you don't know what kind of neighborhood you want to live in, if you're, you know, maybe you're having some disagreements with your significant other about, what type of neighborhood you should live in or, or where in the area it might be good for you to rent. Um, also, if you're not sure if you have, uh, if you don't have job stability, uh, you know, if you think that you might be getting transferred out of state, I think those are all good reasons to rent. I, I generally say if you're going to be, if you know you're going to be here for five years, bye. That's Absolutely. I well, I just have 
uh, had two houses on the market right now. The people didn't live in them for more than a month. They were brand new houses, and they get transferred. Yep. And that's a huge problem to have, and then you either turn that house into a rental, or if in some way, shape, or form you can sell it, then you're selling a brand new home. Right, and that's a, that's a tough situation to be in. So we want to help you look at this, and, and I always tell you, too, we're here to help. So we are not just... Don't think that, well, I can only talk to my realtor if I'm only, I'm ready to purchase a home tomorrow. Talk to us six months in advance. We'll oh. help you figure out is buying the right choices, is renting the right choice. What do you need to do three, four months down the road? Uh, and this gets into the topic of our video of, of planning this out. We've said talk to us and then start getting your documents together. Yeah, and talk to, talk to your lender too. If you are in that credit situation, a lot of reputable good lenders are going to help you out, get, get your credit where it needs mm -hmm. to be. And they're not going to show you any like fast track stuff. They're going to show you exactly what is hurting your credit, what you need to do differently, and the changes you may need to make. And especially before you do anything like debt consolidation or any of those things, talk to your lender first. Some of those things can have massive impacts on the home buying process. Absolutely. So try and hold off on that if you can. Some of that stuff can actually kill your credit right. because of the way that they choose to pay off right. your debts. Exactly. So. Uh, so the next step, start getting your documents together, start looking at your tax returns, start looking at your pay stubs. Like we mentioned before, look ahead, start thinking, am I planning on getting married anytime soon? Am I planning on, you know, unfortunately, is, am I planning on getting divorced anytime soon? Uh, you know, are we having kids? Are there job changes coming up, big promotions? Uh, anything that we might need to look at. Absolutely. Um, part of buying the house is planning for your future. Mm -hmm. So no matter what your future is, <laughs> getting married or divorced, having kids, um, that's what we want to help you out with. Yeah. And again, can't stress the importance enough of coming for a buyer consultation. That would be, that's really the first step here, guys. You know, that's a big thing I started out, um, and it, circling up with last year, ending it up. Um, whenever I talk to a buyer, I want to meet them. I want to meet them face to face. It's good to have that relationship up front build the trust. That way uh, we know who we're working with. Right. And also I have a list of, like I have a list of questions I go through to help you determine your timeline, to help you determine how much, you know, where you want to live. To, and I also have a, what I call a T-graph that helps you and your, if you're buying with your significant other, that helps you figure out where are you disagreeing? Because I'll tell you this, you might not think that you're going to disagree on something. You are. You're going to disagree on something about the house. Um, it certainly happened with me. I will tell you that I lost that disagreement. <laughs> um, which isn't super surprising. Uh, and the, you know, there's all sorts of things that have to be decided here. So, all right, well, fantastic. If you are looking at maybe purchasing in 2019, feel free to give us a call. Our number's right on the description of the podcast. Make sure you check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube now. The podcast has its own YouTube channel, the Homes Real Estate Podcast channel. Uh, also on Facebook, myself, is uh, facebook.com slash home and macomb and you can find chris i think is is slash chris van bell realtor yeah so check us out we'd love to talk to you thanks so much guys we'll see you next time take care